The Neo Reality Entertainment brand expands with a relaunch of the Neo Reality Collective Pop Culture News Talk. Your host, Eric Brown, gives his insights and thoughts in the ever-expanding news world of comic books, professional wrestling, gaming, TV, and movies. Be sure to donate to the brand and keep up to date with additional content on YouTube channels such as Neo Reality Entertainment, NRE The Wrestleverse, and NRE Pop Culture Omniversa. Welcome everyone, we're back with the next edition of Neo Reality Collective, episode 17. Wait, let me just double check. Oh man, I've been so busy with, con- with consolidating everything. Yeah, we're officially on the 17th episode. We have several bonus episodes scheduled to release that were part of an initiative plan to move a little bit of my stuff around, expand my content, and now I'm making more to make Neo Reality Collective more an actual collective of stuff than just pop culture news talk. Eventually, we're going to have the wrestling be the, like have several imprints within the podcast that kind of take a life on its own. We got Tales of the Wrestling Tapes. We got the Pax Krakoa plan. We got the Infinite Frontier Age. Like all these events that I have planned in mind for my pro- my pro- projects for this big massive condensing of podcasts into one entity so yeah I'm, I'm moving for anchor.fm to be the main central hub and the projects all going there but the new reality collective stuff will still feature the pop culture news talk aspect while all the bonus content will have will be reviews and there will be a possibility that there will be a news that is so big that it has to only be talked about in one video that or podcast audio that I just can't just clump together with just one aspect. So, yeah, we're going to go into this and let's get right into everything. So Vince McMahon believes Tony Storm can be a big WWE star. So as part, according to Cultaholics report on this, we're according to Wrestling News Co., as part of WWE's refresh of the SmackDown Women's Division, Women's Cha- NXT UK Women's Champ Tony Storm is set to debate in the Blue Band and is believed to become part a big part of the division. Set to portray a babyface role because, you know, ignore the continuity because, you know, in NXT she was a heel at the time when she left and now she's just certainly a face and we're supposed to just accept that. Yeah, we're, we're in, we're, we live in this world of the Vince McMahon's insanity. So, she was a heel in NXT. Now she's called up and she's suddenly a face. And she beats Selena Vega, and I do not care. But here's the thing. I ultimately don't think I care, because how many times have we heard this? Vince believes this NXT, insert name here, is going to be a big star. The problem is... Vince doesn't really back it. He says, oh, you're going to be a big star. Two weeks later, he just gives up and moves on with his life. After, like, not getting why they work so well in one brand, so why can't they work here? So, yeah. And after what happened with Karrion Cross, you're just, like, at this point where you're like, well, why should I care? You clearly don't like NXT talent, so why should I care what you do with them? Because they're clearly not going to matter. Because unless there's su- unless it's certainly ones that fit your prototype model or are every or were completely wrecked in NXT but thrive on the main roster, i.e. Elias, then you've got something. But even then, Vince will probably find a way to screw this up. Like as but all due respect to Bianca Belair, I- I'm expecting them to somehow screw up. Like Sasha Banks is guaranteed to probably go Hollywood down the road, especially with her role in The Mandalorian. And being told, hey, you're gonna DDT Boba Fett, you know, the legendary bounty hunter and the badass character we're bringing back after like 30 years of no appearances in the future movies and TV projects other than like prequel stuff. Uh, unless you count the books, but Disney doesn't canonize them anymore because Disney doesn't care. 
about the Legends continuity, despite the fact that Visions exists. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, Tony Storm, I, I wish for luck, I really do, but I, I'm just, after what happened with Karrion Cross, my optimism is dead for NXT Talent call-up. Like, Rhea Ripley! So, not only is she... Now, Rhea Ripley... Right out of nowhere, when they were building her up to be a heel for some reason, is now labeled a babyface. <sighs> Does anyone not get this? That you just like, oh, she's the face again. Okay, what did she do that actually said she's the face? She was acting like a heel this whole time since her feud with Charlotte started. Why should I go ahead and think that this is going to be different? She just lost the title again she lost the rematch again for some reason even though there should be no rematch clauses according to what you said vince but yeah so rhea ripley's a face again i don't care and then he's open to rob gronsky coming back which failed miserably <laughs> he was the superstar for 83 days and then he went back oh man so, um, yeah, he, he signed a one-year deal, and now he probably will stop again. And uh, he is open to bringing back. But, yeah, this is the shortest career of a wrestler I've seen besides those who start off in development because he pushed celebrities. I mean... It's kind of hard to imagine that they're not gonna that they're that they're gonna push him after he ditched them after the showcase of Immortals. So Bodyslam.net reported, and this is now this is just conjecture for me because take this for what you will. Bodyslam Cassidy Haynes cites a source as claiming that Brian Danielson is locked in and has 100% already signed with AEW. So, what goes on to say about the details in this contract that reportedly by Viceslam.net is that Danielson's date contains lead states for comparable money, the ability to work in Japan, and creative input on his character. So basically everything except for the the last dates because you know his neck's already been in question apparently new japan was a big factor in his decision because that he's not gonna get a po possibility uh yeah so daniel bryan's contract ended up ending so brian danielson is apparently signed he's locked for AEW. now when i heard this along with the cm punk stuff that's going on with him let's be real uh if punk and brian both signed with AEW. In the perfect world, they would both debut at All Out. But I get the feeling because AEW has big plans, they have something else in mind. So I think Punk is set for All Out, since that is in Chicago and that is his hometown. And I think Brian is set for wrestle for AEW's Grand Slam event in New York, which would be which would make sense. So yeah, that's apparently the rumored plans: Punk for All Out, Brian for for a grand slam two big monumental events that will ultimately that if it's all true will ultimately culminate in in you know tony khan's balance of power shift because while we all agree that he's never gonna die we're, we're kind of accepting of that and no one will actually want a company to go out of business because everyone because a lot of people would be unemployed just at best like let's be real the only aspect i can imagine WWE ever going out of business is one of three things the u.s government stepped in and ordered it to shut down for various reasons and investigations second would be if they were bought out by a bigger company and then shut down later on which would be disney i think and the third one would be the end of the world yeah so yeah so AEW is clearly going to be like 1.5 or like it's probably going to be at best 2.9 on the top of that list where they're so close to getting number one we just need to get to number one man but they would have to do the things that they pulled in order to you know 
going to public IPO and, you know, screw everything up after that. But, yeah. Brian was last seen in his title versus career match where he lost to Ron Reyes and then got concerto by Roman. So Roman is now the new Randy Orton. I'm surprised no one's made this joke yet from what I see on Twitter. Uh, let's see. Uh, Roman has now sent Brian to AEW. Punk's hatred for WWE clearly favoring John Cena and potentially Roman Reigns because they knew that he, Roman would be the guy since he was a factor into Punk's departure. Not from a, uh, uh, like, I don't like him kind of thing. More like a, oh, uh, he's not who I wanted called up. I wanted Chris Hero for the Shield. So Roman is now the new AEW guy. Everyone he pisses off or defeats will go to AEW. Ain't that right? <laughs> right, Randy Orton. You can ch you beat down Christian. You beat down... You beat down... Uh, you beat down Matt Hardy and they're all gone to AEW. And then you harassed Big Show and Mark Henry and they're all AEW. I'm like, Roman still has to go like a couple more pointers to Tyra Orton. Maybe, maybe Roman will make Orton go to AEW. It did almost look like a possibility once upon a time. Though Orton outside of WWE is, would be a very weird thing. Like all the other guys I can imagine leaving because their time was outside of WWE before they joined. But Orton is that guy who's met for the WWE world. I can't imagine him working the independent world unless, you know, he gets to be the independent killer and then just starts killing all the independent legends of the business. So, yeah. So, yeah, that's... So, another thing is that WWE also came out and NXT is still internally viewed as developmental. According to some reports, the two instances that are just the latest in long time line of NXT talent being mistreated, at least that's the opinion of hardcore NXT fans, a new report indicates why. NXT is still officially looked at as internally as the WWE developmental territory rather than a third brand. So, when I heard this, I wrote a tweet about it. I, I wrote a very Madden tweet. Uh in terms of uh oh my god why am i even here now because it, it's that idea when you just go ahead and make everyone basically waste their time watching something that ultimately will not matter for them so this is why i said so why have a tv deal if it's the inferior developmental in the quotations why have the developmental go up against another company's premiere show? WWE spent two years pushing them as a third brand because of AEW, and it took one week to tear it all down because they couldn't kill it, in my opinion. That's what I think. I definitely think Vince is now just dismissively destroying NXT because, you know, because NXT is a symbol of fans but nxt couldn't kill aew which means vince probably looks at most of those talents there and say you're just a bunch of losers so and you gotta remember samoa joe is part of that troop so how is he considered a developmental this whole time according to vince because he doesn't know the WWE style, even though he's kicked ass and take names. And also, remember how how people were trying to push this idea that oh, carrying cross losing doesn't really hurt him, even though it clearly did. More things happened during a during a reported champion promo ship during the taping of August third. Which led to Joe trying to get at the NXT champion. Joe would end up attacking several security guards, but Cross would bail the ring before the Samoa submission machine could reach him. Yeah, well, according to the tapings, they had to reshoot the segment because people were chanting Hardy. Does that not sound. Does that not give you what you needed to hear? And as a result, NXT decided to reshoot the segment at the end of taping and WWE reportedly lied to fans inside the Capitol Wrestling Center to ensure they remained in the building. Saying uh, a source told someone from Bodyslam.net, they even lied to us and said something special was going to happen so we wouldn't leave. A crew member told me the show wasn't over, but we tried to leave. He told us there was a surprise. 
See, there's no point caring. The fans clearly said they know what happened. Why should we take him seriously now? This guy you've built up as this monster machine as like the much better version of Goldberg. Why should I care for this character? Why should I care what Karrion Cross does if he can't be a guy who hasn't been, who's been basically been reduced to putting people over and not really being taken seriously on main event for months and just gotten beaten down over and over and over to the point that you're basically saying that Ginger Mahal is better than and than Karrion Cross. And all due respect to Ginger Mahal, he was the WWE champion, but like I, I don't, I think Karrion Cross would eviscerate Ginger Mahal if this was in his world. But Triple H admits this, 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 I'm curious to know what Triple H is thinking about all this. Is he pissed? I would be probably, I would go up to my father-in-law if, if this was the case and all the hard work, me and like over a dozen people worked on to make this character great. And now it's all ruined because Vince has a, has an agenda. And even if they went with the route that they were punishing him, Couldn't there have been another way or, you know, have him attack William Regal too? Oh, wait, you did attack William Regal, but why didn't you just strip him of the title or, you know, do anything with bad employees, like fire them? Or is that asking too much? Because then they'll be contacted by another company. I mean, you could just have him like, strip him of the title because of his behavior and let the journalists and news sources come out and say it or suspend him for bad or do something that doesn't involve destroying his mystique and thus no longer being treated seriously by fans like you had fans who love nxt just chant hardy 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 so yeah what's the point so AEW CEO Tony Khan went out and made a reference to WWE during a fan address during the during the after the show. Oh man, he says that he said this, ladies and gentlemen. We don't have a performance center in AEW. This is our performance center. We have the best young wrestlers in the world, and this is where we showcase them. So here's the thing. He says that line. There is nothing wrong with this. Yes, he referenced WWE, but everyone went, but people, mostly WWE tribalists, lost it when they heard he talked about WWE. Kill him, essentially. And I was like, did you read the transcripts? Did you read the, did you watch the video? Because he doesn't really bash the performance center, he just says AEW doesn't have one like the performance center they just have dark and dark elevation that's their performance center that's their developmental area the performance center doesn't exist in AEW. i've been advocating for a performance center just to you know help help the younger talent but like probably a little bit later down the road they might do it so dark and dark elevation is their best option for now because that gives them content to sell eventually but Yeah, it, it's not a bashing though. It's not a shot at WWE. He just says, we don't have a performance center. I'm like, when you think about it, what, like, there's always these wrestling schools. He could have said that. Uh, and I understand if some people were mad about that reasoning, but it is, but it doesn't really make me mad or make certain people who didn't who understood the context of what he was trying to say that they don't have this super advanced performance center like the like WWE does and they don't have that kind of stuff given yet. They probably they'll probably have one down the road, but right now dark and dark elevation is their land, and they shall reign supreme for content riching. So. The Rock is reportedly set to make a return at this year's Survivor Series, and rumor has it that it's going to happen at the Barclays Center Survivor Series. And how, according to 
Andrew Zarian of Matt Men Podcast. If I butchered his name, his last name wrong, sorry. Three separate sources within WWE have corroborated that the current plan within the company is for The Rock to return to Survivor Series 2021 this November. This would also be the 25th anniversary of The Rock's debut in Hollywood in WWE. And he, okay, there's no indication if he's gonna wrestle. I'm pretty sure he's not gonna wrestle because you know we gotta save him for the tribal chief. Like that, that's the only way that can make sense. Like, let's be real. I see that happening. They want to do Rock versus Roman. This would be the perfect time to do it. Have The Rock come out, celebrate his fans, or and Roman comes out and just tells him to get out of his ring. This is no longer his world. He's the tribal chief, and you are just some Hollywood wannabe glamouring guy who threw this all away. And then, or they could have Roman take, or do they do what they did with Cena and Roman? Roman defeats somebody, the Rock comes out and cuts a promo on Roman, and Roman's just like, we're really doing this. And boom, you, you got your main event at WrestleMania. Like, reportedly, plans are in place for Roman to main event, to headline WrestleMania next year as the Universal Champion. Whether or not he'll be the next one, or, or or not he loses it in between and then gets it back, or he'll be walking in as the current champ. I'm pretty sure it's likely the latter, but it's going to be an exciting time, hopefully. Also, <laughs> AEW has announced that Thunder Rosa is all elite, finally. So, yeah, we don't know when her contract with NWA. I get the feeling they did a dual contract because it was always being said that her uh, match, her contract was supposed to end next year in 2022, but instead it just came out of nowhere. But it comes on her 35th birthday, and that's pretty damn awesome. What a gift to give her. You finally get to sign and be the eventual one who will dethrone Dr. Baker DMD in a match for the ages, damn it. That's gonna be fun. Meanwhile, Hiromi Ta Takahashi has been cleared for in ring return. The doctors get he ran on Twitter saying, Good news, the doctor gave him permission to return. Let's go crazy again. So yeah. Can't wait for what he brings to the table. So there's a War of the Bounty Hunter event going on. I haven't covered it because part of me's just but apparently Marvel is promising a new status quo for Star Wars comics with Boba Fett in them. Saying that Marvel Comics promises with a shocker of an ending that will set up a revolutionary new status quo for Star Wars comics. This is the problem. What do they mean by that? Because in terms of storytelling and structure aren't the comics still quote B canon to the Disney canon mainline unless they're gonna break off and go to a different timeline in which case you start wondering why can't they do that with Legends still or is that just asking too much um, like they have a new High Republic comic coming out a miniseries for five issues uh, so, um, what, what's the big shock of the big moment that's going to shock people? Is this going to change the status quo of Star Wars? Is this going to affect everything? Is this a new timeline? Do I care? I want to, but I'm pretty sure, pretty sure, like, if they, like, like, I, I was already on the, I didn't care if they did an event comic, even though it, seems a little overblown to do that for Star Wars on, on this front but like but since now Marvel's saying there's gonna be a new status quo for Star Wars comics it's like okay what, what's gonna happen is this gonna diverge a timeline are we gonna go a different route are we gonna do something new what and if it's Boba Fett mostly 
Well, that doesn't matter because we know where that goes. He gets in the Sarlacc pit, he escapes, and then he lives in the desert for some time, and then returns and takes over Java's palace and rules the world with an iron, rules the criminal underworld with an iron fist, and will probably die in his chair like Godfather did. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> so, yeah. We'll, we'll see, but if they don't promise their, a, a really big thing that makes it say that, to make that promise, uh, I, I'm just, just stopping. I, I'll just stick to High Republic stuff. And probably Darth Vader. And that's pretty much it. Respawn is developing a brand new single player adventure in a unique universe. Yeah, the job posting reads that this new single player title is a designer's dream playground with a freedom to innovate made possible by the unique universe it inhabits. I would love to know what that one is, what that universe is. Can I? So. Yeah, the combat designer will also work on creating mechanics that create thoughtful combat encounters that reward moment-to-moment -moment strategic decision-making, creative improvisation, and player behaviors that are a joy to execute. So, what could that be? No idea. A new IP, uh, a license game, set in its own little world. Who knows? We'll see. I'm curious, honestly. Borderlands 3 senior developers leave Gearbox to start a new project, and now there's your panic. The seven senior developers left to work on a new project. Almost all of them were previously working on an unannounced Gearbox project that was currently in pre-production, and Pitchford says will cause minimal disruption on current plans, and that new team members are being over to this bring, being brought over to this project. Yeah, I think we should panic. Um, when Randy Pitcher tries to reassure people, it's always a sign that, yeah, it's going to end badly, isn't it? So, get ready for that. Football Manager begins a multi-year project to add women's football. Sony Sports Interactive has announced that it has begun a multi-year project to add women's football to the Human Simulation series. It will be part of the main game and not a standalone. While details are understandably slim at this early stage, we, we do know, according to IGN saying this, that women's football would be part of the existing football manager setup where players are able to seamlessly move between jobs and female and male football. No such day has been given for when female football will become part of the series, but it will be added as soon as possible to them. In a press release, they said they are committed to ensuring that women's football is represented as authentically as possible and with the level of realism and attention to detail that the series is renowned for and will not announce a launch date until those standards have been met. Senior Director Miles Jacobson said, We know that adding women's football to FM is going to cost in the millions and then the short-term return of delivery will be mineral. Wait, what? Okay, I don't know how this works, but that's not the point. There's no hiding that there's currently a glass ceiling for women's, in football, women's football, and we want to do what we can to help smash through it. We believe it's equality for all, and equality for all, and we want to be part of the solution. We want to be part of the process that puts women's football on an equal footing with the men's game. We know that we're not alone in this. The historic TV deal that Sky and BBC had recently agreed with WSL in England is proof of that. But we intend to do everything we can to get the women's football to where it deserves to be. Mm. I don't play football manager, so. Um, okay. Okay, everyone. We're going to take a brief, brief break on this event. We'll be back after these messages. Take care, everyone. We'll be back. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, let's cap this off with the final set of news this week. Warner, Warner Brothers will make 10 movies exclusively for HBO Max next year. Warner Brothers is set to produce 10 movies exclusively for HBO Max next year, CEO Jason Kyler said during an earnings call. The issue of Warner Media's movies releasing simultaneously on HBO Max and in theaters have been contentious, but it appears the filmmaker won't abandon either format in any significant way, just yet at least. 
According to The Hollywood Reporter, Tyler stated that Warner Brothers will produce around 10 movies that will be available exclusively on HBO Max on day one. The comment was made between remarks remarks about the state of theatrical releases, including performances of Godzilla vs. Kong. However, he did not state what movies are coming exclusively to HBO Max, pre-existing or otherwise. One film recently confirmed to be an HBO Max exclusive, however, is the Batgirl movie, which has recently casted Leslie Grace as its lead. Tyler noted the difference in audience appeal between big tentpole features and small affairs, saying the world is not going back to the way the world was in 2015, 16, or 17, where windows were quite lengthy between theatrical and home exhibition. Movie fans came back to store windows between theatrical releases of certain Warner Bros. films and their home video releases. Obviously, 2022 will be a new year for film. Everyone is going to be experimenting with windows. They are going to get shorter, not longer, in terms of being able to see movies sooner. We have learned so much this year, the executive vice president of Warner Media's direct-to-consumer Andy Forsell said. We have learned so much this year about how to use film and episodic editor and really engage people and grab higher retention. But now, Warner Bros. have already signed a multi-year co- deal with Cineworld's Regal Cinemas, which gives Regal exclusive rights to show WB films the same day as their HBO Max premiere through the rest of 2021. Starting 2022, Regal gets to show Warner Bros. films in the U.S. for 45 days before they hit streaming platforms. It's unclear if any parameters of the deal have been altered following Warner Media's latest statements. Okay, so... Yeah, uh, I'm curious to know since and how long it takes for them to release movies in the U.S. So, like, for example, I'm curious about that because Zack Snyder's Justice League came out back in, uh, let's see, the Zack Snyder's Justice League. You'll probably get a bonus episode about that down the road. March 18th of last of this year and and around the world everyone's getting the cut early on on blu-ray and dvd america is gonna get it in september so naturally it's to you know get as much money as possible out of us uh, yeah you know, understand that but uh yeah so i'm wondering how they're gonna do this now with the dvds and blu-ray i hope they address that like because not everyone subscribes to HBO Max, and there's also those internet areas where there's low internet connectivity. So, yeah, they're gonna have to figure that out. Meanwhile, EA, during their big EA Play Live event that did not feature Mass Effect or Star Wars stuff, has announced that that Dead Space Remake has been confirmed for PS5 and Xbox Series and PC and will not feature microtransactions, being built up from the ground up with the Frostbite engine, with the developers looking to take advantage of the advanced uh, SSDs, 3D audio, and more new tech of the latest generation to bring Isaac's journey from aboard the USGE, I can't pronounce that last name, to life once more. Being developed by EA Motive, and I'm just that guy thinking I want to have faith but it's EA and while they have said there's no microtransactions and they proved that with Fallen Order they started doing it because with Dead Space when Dead Space 3 happened and we all know how that turned out and yeah kind of worried that they might change their mind like after the debacle, when they announced that there would be no microtransactions or loot boxes in Fallen Order, we rejoiced, and then we got trepidation in our feet because then they went and did the whole surprise mechanic excuse to justify their horribleness at the hearing. And so, what's stopping them from just doing that and saying it's a surprise mechanics? <laughs> We're evil. Meanwhile, Battlefield Portal is a new Battlefield 2042 mode that will mash together every Battlefield into one. So, the next Battlefield has officially been revealed, mode has been revealed called Battlefield Portal, a new mode developed by Ripple Effect Studios, formerly Dice LA. Yeah. Let's players create complex custom game modes using assets from 2042, 1942, Bad Company 2, and Battlefield 3. So it's basically a gigantic creation suite, so you can send an army of drones to fight a tank, create knives versus defibrillator battles, so I'm pretty sure if Battlefield Friends ever wants to come back, uh, please do, uh, they, they can take advantage of that. 
So what the ends including is the battle for the build for 1942. L, I'm not pronouncing these things. It's just a mixture of maps and modes and whatnot. I don't know if they're gonna feature, I'm like, I'm still hoping for AI technology, but still. Uh, so get ready for that. So Blizzard reportedly took Warcraft New Reforged pre-orders while knowing it wouldn't be ready for release. So Activision hamstrung it by low budget was apparently seen as a low priority and because of its unlikeliness to be basically a billion dollar product aka it does not produce all the goddamn money in the goddamn fucking world <sighs> nope 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 this is so they admitted they knew they should just shut this down. They knew them. So why even do this? Why screw everyone over? You should just had some dignity and cancel the project when Activision said, we don't care. But they didn't. Because guess what came out next? Activism Blizzard is sued by the state of California. Uh, fair employment and housing specifically following a two-year investigation. The state has filed a lawsuit against Activision Blizzard for fostering a quote frat boy culture in which female employees are allegedly subjected to unequal pay and sexual harassment. I will not be going into detail of this other than that we're in the Ubisoft route, aren't we? We're going the Ubisoft route. And after what happened with them, it's hard to look at them. Like, one thing that I mentioned is alcohol. We need tons and tons of fucking alcohol. Because we're fucking, uh, because we're fucking working for Activision. So at least I understand the drunkenness desire. But everything else is sick. So I'm not going to go into that. Steam Deck... SSD drive is upgradable, but it won't be easy. Last week, after they unveiled it, during IGN's exclusive hands-on, Valve hardware engineer, I'm not pronouncing his name, confirmed that the SSD is now shouldered to the motherboard, which means it is technically user-upgradable. So, that said, it doesn't mean that upgrading will be easy. The repairability is something we did actually focus on to try and make as repairable as possible, but it's really meant for people who know what they're doing and have experience doing it. My god, we're gonna have a market. Because that's where it's gonna go. They gotta have a market for people who will switch the uh, switch everything, who know about the Steam Deck. So get ready for that. So, anyways, we're really just as gods among us. Well, they have announced the movie cast and the release window. So it's been announced that the Hollywood Reporter has confirmed has revealed the cast of the movie, featuring expansive cast, featuring a ton and tons and tons of names. So this is Justin Hartley, Anson Mount, Lori Bell, Bailey, Zach Coulson, Brian T. Dalen, and Brandon Michael Hale, Hall, Edwin Hodge, Oliver Hudson, Gillian Jacobs, Yuri Lo I can't pronounce that name, but I'm pretty sure I know who he is. Derek Phillips, Kevin Pollock, uh, let's see, Noni Rose, I'm not even gonna try the first name, Reed Scott, uh, Farron Tahir, Fred. Tarhiski, Janet Verney, and Andrew Wangondo. No, that was my attempt. I, if I failed miserably, okay, yeah, I understand. So apparently it's set for... Let's see, what, what's the release window? Yeah, set for when released to Home Entertainment this fall. So that's their plan. And apparently it's also going to feature the script written by the Batman Hush anime movie writer and will be directed by Justice League Dark Apocalypse War director Matt Peters which means we will do the dark violence so I'm gonna suspect this is rated R considering how much violence is in this like there's literally a scene in the later Injustice part where they literally have in the game which was rated T I must stress where they have 
Superman lobotomize Billy Batson in his Shazam form. He, he killed a teenager. Lobotomizing his brain and liquefying it. That was rated teen for teens, I must stress. I don't know if that's going to be in the movie when that context is added, but it's kind of dark they got, they went there. I'm kind of amazed by that. Oh God. So Fast and Furious update. Dwayne Johnson confirms he won't be in the next two movies, Fury, Fast and Furious 10 or 11. So apparently Diesel has opened up some old wounds by Little and The Rock just laughed hard about it and I think everyone had a laugh and I'll leave it at that. Uh, and that I wish them well. I wish them well on Fast 9 and I wish them the best of luck with Fast 10 and 11 and the rest of the Furious movies. These they do that will be without me. So... Yeah, something happened. So, that, so despite ending their little tense feud back in 2019, it seems something just stormed up and now everything's screwed up again. So uh, good luck with that, everyone. We lost the rock. Meanwhile, Suicide Squad, James Gunn was given full control, says, says Jay Courtney. And a variety, Jay Courtney, who played Captain Brewing in 2016's Suicide Squad and will reprise the role, says Gunn was given full creative control of the movie. The actor said Gunn was essentially given the keys to the team, saying he really pushed the boundaries. He was basically given the keys and told, do whatever the f*** you like, and he did. I'm pretty sure, and I know why, that, why they did that. They're going to reboot the whole thing and they won't care. They could kill off everybody in that movie, Flash is going to reboot everything into a rebirth era. Oh, man. That's the unfortunate reality. Like, we know this will not ultimately matter in the way it's supposed to be because if they all die, oh, don't worry, we'll reboot everything and then, then they'll be back and it'll be like it never happened because it didn't happen since they still are playing with the Flash movie to reboot everything or at least condemn try to fix the mess they pulled. Though really you could just restore the Snyderverse and not and just let it be its own HBO Max limited event and treat it like that. Speaking of, director King Heron of Loki has revealed that some of the show's early drafts featured AJ Mobius' past life. Uh, saying that there were a few drafts in the script where you did see a family or you did see all, a life, but we all kind of decided we don't know what it is yet. I think that's exciting, right? But it gives more road to travel with him. I think it's more painful when, when he's going to be deleted, him saying, what if I had a family? Because maybe he did, maybe he did. So they want to like keep it a mystery and how he mentions how I probably did have that jet ski. I probably did surf across the ocean. And I, I hope, and I'm glad we're going to see Mobius again in season two. Like, oh, Wilson versus Lawson, and it's just hilarious. So the Summer Olympics have started after a huge delay, and they use Nier, Final Fantasy, and Kingdom Hearts music in, 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 their, in the opening ceremony. Oh man, this is so kind of awesome. This is kind of freaking awesome. Like, they use Dragon Quest, Monster Hunter, Sonic the Hedgehog, Nier, Kingdom Hearts, Final Fantasy, and a ton of other video games during the Olympics opening ceremony where everyone in the world can highly hear them. Feels so nice, someone mentioned. Oh man, it's kind of freaking awesome. Revolution Soccer, Gradius, Randy Star Universe, uh, Chrono Trigger, Ace Combat, Tales of the Series, Tales of Series, Saga Series, Soul Calibur. That's kind of awesome. I, I gotta admit, that's kind of awesome. I don't watch the Olympics, but that, that is kind of awesome. 
Also, amid the lawsuit controversy, Blizzard has pulled a new map. So, following a two, so following that lawsuit, Blizzard's response that they are removing a map before it was set to release on August 17th. So that's their response to this. They're accused of this, and now they're saying, eh, we'll just not release this, this map. Unless development halted, in which case, okay, but like, that's kind of a D move there, which you're toxic boy culture, according to them. So, yeah. So the next Dragon Ball superhero super movie is coming out next year, and the teasing of new animation style that seems a mixture of CGI and 2D reveals the title and teases it. So apparently Dragon Ball Super is gonna be called Dragon Ball Super Superhero. The producer of the series said during the Dragon Ball Super special that during panel that the decision to add supers in the title was to emphasize this movie is about the superhero vibes. So Brawly so it will serve as continuation of the of the series Dragon Ball Super, though I'm wondering when we'll see Broly again, especially after the controversy that came out after the voice actor was kicked out. Uh, bad. That sucks, even though everything... I'm, I'm not going to give my vibe on what happened on that, but okay. So, yeah, I, I'm hoping we see Broly again. He's awesome. He was much better written than the Broly that was just hardcore metal. So HBO Max is producing a limited series of Valzad. Now you're probably wondering who exactly is Valzad. So Valzad is a character to take up the mantle sooner in the New 52 era. So that's clearly a sign that's just gonna be that's gonna make people be incentivized. As his parents were executed by the Kryptonian court, Val was sent to Earth 2, an alternate universe version of Prime Earth. So, apparently this is not the same Superman reboot they're working on with J.J. Abrams, because... Of course... So, they're going to do their own alternate Earth featuring, which I'm okay with. Instead of just be, hey, let's replace Clark Kent with Cal and Kal-El with this other character, with this guy who doesn't even look like the guy. Hey, and we could just go with the multiverse route, right? That that will fix everything, even though he, even though, like, isn't the Superman of the present Superman a different, a different character? In fact, I would actually kind of love to see present Superman. He's kind of awesome. That, that would be more interesting than just rebooting Clark Kent. So, there's that. Along with that, we got more preview details regarding 343 Industries' technical preview event and how they have bot-focused technical previews, Halo Infinite Flying, and a bunch of other big events, especially how they tell us not to tell us not to forget to do the whole flight thing to sign up for. But uh, Batman The Long Halloween Part 2 will, quote, flip the script on the graphic novel Troy Baker says. So, yeah, he says this. The long howling flips the script on a lot of it. It changes the relationship between Harvey and Batman. It changes the relationship between Selena, Kyle, and Bruce. It leans into all the things that we want from them. And the original graphic novel... Bruce Wayne and Selina are already acquainted through their non-masked identities, but the anime adaptation makes it clear that the char these characters are closer than that. They know their identity, which, if you read the comics, The Long Halloween, they don't know who the other is behind the mask. Then later on, Batman knows who she is, but doesn't tell anyone, and Selina's in the dark. And then, then, then Batman reveals his identity to her in Hush, the 12-issue uh, event that they did for Batman in the Batman books by Jeff Loeb and Jim Jim Lee. Uh, yeah. 
Meanwhile, Harvey and Batman have a strange alliance where Rover trying to stop the holiday kill, but diving deep into that relationship will weigh to pre-spoiler every territory, and I will not say what. But considering where the the, the book ended at, I get the feel like I'm pretty certain certain people will die because that's the way to define the era of Batman. But I get the feeling they're probably gonna switch the fake out twist. I think they're gonna change that, especially how they did the other, how they had one character killed off in the movie. I'll talk about that in a bonus episode reviewing the Batman movie I want to talk about. Meanwhile, the X-Men creators want to hold a new Hellfire Gala and a new X-Men team election every year for a long time. So, yeah. During the event, saying that when Emma threw that party, one of the people there, uh, I believe his name's... Uh, Jordan D. White, the group editor, said when Emma threw that party, she said it was the first and then she didn't intend for it to be the last, so if people are into it, I think we'd be thrilled to keep it coming. The writers each echoed the approval and telling another Hellfire Gala story next year. Who doesn't want the excuse to dress up and show off to all the humans and flex on them? As the conversation turned to who each of the rides may have voted for in the X election vote, Duggan personally expressed his vote for Tempo and his wish to bring it to the X-Men while also stating his excitement over adding vote-winning mutant Polaris to the team. So, yeah, the interesting... And Duggan also says, Duggan says, the interesting way we're going to do this from now on is we'll have a yearly Hellfire Gala with a newly elected team, perhaps. Okay, um, when they say perhaps, considering, um, uh, Hickman doesn't want to be there forever and he does have plans for DC, I'm curious to know how this will affect Hickman's vision because I don't know if they're going to keep the Krakoa era of X-Men forever or are they going to do it where... Hickman wraps up all his plots with Inferno, or he does another event, or he stays around for another year or two. We don't know. We'll have to see how Inferno plays out and see how that resolves everything. Finally, our last piece of comic news is that John Ridley is set to change the Fox family in the DC Universe forever, saying that next year er, we have one more surprise for you that's going to change the Fox family and maybe the DC Universe forever again. So what does this mean? Yeah, so we don't know much about that yet, but well, there is the five five G talk that was that would have been planned, but we're not gonna talk about that. I might make a bonus episode discussing primarily about the five G timeline that was drafted up. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll talk about that soon. I just need to compile everything together, and then we're up to the races. So, this was Neo Reality Collective, everyone, hosted by me, Eric Brown, or Mr. NRE. He of this brand. I am looking forward to the next set of content for you to come this way. Look forward to all my future projects and future podcast episodes, and stay tuned for more. See you all next time. Take care, everyone, and have a nice day. Be safe out there. Be sure to donate to the brand and keep up to date with additional content on YouTube channels such as Neo Reality Entertainment, NRE The Wrestleverse, and NRE Pop Culture Omniversa.